we had a magic off straight up like he did a trick <laughs> and it was like can you top that and i did a trick and That's he did sick. a trick and it ended up with him going out in the, in the front yard and floating like a david blaine style no card was it red or black it was red was it a heart or a diamond diamond which one 10. take a look <laughs> what the 10 of diamonds <laughs> That's crazy. I was watching him the whole time, too. Say it. What's your name? Lauren. Lauren. It's no Lauren. way. Oh, my God. Lauren. Yo, what? Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. Here with my co-host, Charlie Cavalier. And our guest today, Oz Perlman. Thanks, guys. How's it going? Going great. Man, the marathon runner himself. <laughs> Ultra. Ultra marathon. Ultra I'm marathoner. Not... Man, you've won four New Jersey marathons. Dude, wow. You, you did your homework. I, I, I got a little plaque in my office that says Hall of Famer New Jersey Marathon. I, that's uh, the heyday. You know what's fun about that race? Is it's an out and back, which means you kind of turn around. Yeah. And if you're in the lead, there's a police escort. Uh -huh. so there's like a police car in front of you so everyone sees you and have always been a battle for that race so it's <laughs> dude you get fired up like thousands of people like dude yeah and by the time i the third or fourth time they knew me so you're like yeah oh and you just get dude fired up That's insane. it's like the closest thing to feeling like a real athlete even though i'm not one yeah what's the secret because you don't have the ideal runners build i i don't know i uh m mental motivation I, I can just suffer better than other people, I feel. Right. You've trained your mind to be able to withstand. Honestly, yeah. And also psychological warfare, dude. I When I pass somebody in a race, not to tip my hat, I like literally I control my breathing. I get myself rested. I go by you really fast and usually give you encouraging words, which will break your spirit. I'll be like, dude, you're looking great, bro. Keep it going. And like when you do that and they're feeling and then you, I don't think it's fair, is I just, you know, I... Uh, it breaks you <laughs> mentally. Oh, so you're talking shit while you're running. That's like some Kobe Bryant stuff it's, right there. Yeah. Like hit a three and then be like, don't worry, young fella, you'll get him next year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. You know, it, like, honestly, it's encouraging words, which are honestly discouraging. Wow. I love that because runners don't really be talking. Because yep. I used to be a runner and no one really talked during the race. But that's cool. Oh, if you can talk and you have a normal breathing pattern, mm -hmm. it it really messes with the other person because they're like, how am I breathing so heavy? Dying. Yeah. And this guy is out for an afternoon stroll. Yeah, they get in their own head. Because now they're like, oh, my God. And if you pass them, like, they're walking backwards. Now their their spirit is broken. They're like, I'm not going to try and catch this guy. Have you yeah. ever got into, like, a talking competition with somebody during a race that lasted maybe longer than it should have? Oh, full on, man. I'll start, <laughs> I'll start reading their mind, which will even, like, go Jedi mind trick. I'll be like, think of something right now. And I tell them what it is. And they're like, dude, this guy's next level. Like, I don't, I don't even want to pass him right now. Yo. So how did you develop that ability? Was it at a young age or did you develop it later in life i started doing magic so most people who become mentalists which a lot of people don't know what mentalism is it's kind of magic but it's magic of the mind yeah like i can show up here right now i got no props and i could do an hour show you know wow. for you two or for two thousand people mm -hmm. because with magic like you go see chris angel david Cover, there's props there's big props and even though listen i love magic you know that somehow there's sleight of hand or there's something you're not seeing on stage right, right. there's like they call it smoke and mirrors you know there's something with mentalism, it's like it's the most pure pursuit, almost like stand-up comedy, where you just get up there with a microphone and you talk. Mm. I don't need props. Mm. I am the show. So I've learned how people behave, how they think. And it started with magic where there's misdirection. Mm -hmm. Misdirection means when I say, Charlie, you see how I look there? Mm -hmm. You look there. Naturally, your eyes go where I want them to. Mm. So take that to the next level. Instead of a card trick where I know where you're going to pick the card, I can just say, 
think of a card, look at a card, use your mind. It's very different. You start to know and analyze how people behave, what they think. You can influence their thinking. It's a little more cerebral. I have a lot of people after my shows, like, I don't like magic, but dude, I love what you do mm. because it challenges people on a different level. Right. He got me too. I literally looked at the pillow. As I looked too. Well, it's that pause, that timing. It's, it's the same as a comedian. How That's do comedians annoying. make you laugh? They can tell the same joke. 10 men and women say the same joke. One, you laugh the hardest. It's because the way they time it, the way they look, the way their facial expressions, all those things are, they're, they're on an instinctive basis. Gotcha. And then how long did it take you to develop your mentalism skills to be able to go on America's Got Talent? So it's funny, I went on America's Got Talent and I didn't get on the first time I tried out, mm -hmm. which is so funny with that show. First time I tried out, didn't even get on. Second time I got third place. So go figure, wow. man. Timing is everything in life. But I was still doing magic when I went on there. But the year before, shout out to Matt Franco, who's here in Vegas, who's awesome. He's a friend, amazing magician and shit. Are you someone that doesn't have life insurance? Why leave anything up to chance in a worst case scenario? Luckily, Policy Genius makes finding the right policy simple and their team of licensed experts are on hand to help you through it. Life insurance gives your family a safety net that they can cover expenses with so they don't have to worry about money while getting back on their feet. I've had friends and family members that have passed away without life insurance. It's definitely left us with financial instabilities. Even if you already have a policy, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $2.92 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius knows how valuable your time is. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurance in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Policy Genius has licensed award-winning agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. They don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. Policy Genius is for parents, caregivers, and anyone else who has people who depend on them. They simplify the process of getting life insurance so you can protect the people you love. They got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com slash DSH or click the link in the description to get a free life insurance quote and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash DSH. Show you should see it um, is he won the year before I went on. Mm. And I made a calculated decision saying, yo, if I want to go far, I got to differentiate. Like I can't, if I do magic and he did magic, you're never going to win the same thing two years in a row. Right. So I was doing 50-50 mentalism, but it was kind of like a crutch. Mentalism is scary to do because there's no safety net. Right. Like if you screw up, you screw up versus magic. You know, you practice a card trick in the mirror. You can always, it always works. Yeah. So uh, I made a, a, a decision at that point. Like my socials owes the mentalist. Everything is owes the mentalist. I was full tilt, sink or swim, man. I'm going to do all mentalism. Yeah. Out. And are people able to combat your mentalism <laughs> skills? Like, can you penetrate everyone or are certain people unpenetrable? I, that's a weird way to put it. Who's penetrable? <laughs> I don't penetrate I'm anyone the, in the show I'm for thinking, the record. I'm thinking, Charlie, like, I'm not <laughs> penetrating you. Uh, it's true. I'm safe. I'm that, safe. That costs extra. It's uh, <laughs> uh, Vegas. Uh, but so certain people it works better with. Yeah. Um, it's not really like hypnosis where certain people are more suggestible. But what I would say is some people have bigger barriers mm. so that when you're trying to guide someone, think of sales. If you call someone on the phone Number one thing a telemarketer calls you're like, dude, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, done, done. So let's say not a telemarketer. How does a salesperson build rapport? 
how do they get you comfortable? Mm-hmm. You have barriers in place. First thing you want to say is, I don't need that. I already got that, right? So what if they say, yeah, I'm with you. You don't need this. You go, oh, so I'm pretty much a salesperson, but what I'm selling is the feeling of, I know what you're thinking. Mm. And in a lot of ways, it's very much sales 101 is I need you to become comfortable with me and what I'm asking so that your resistance lowers. And so is I could do certain things on anybody, but the difficulty for me is that I'm I'm not trying to be cryptic is that certain people are easier to work with and they're going to give me bigger reactions quicker. Mm. Uh, So in that sense, in my show, what I'm doing is curating content. Think of like when you go on social, the best curators, like, uh, you know, the fat Jewish, like certain people are so funny because they find you the best stuff that matches your sense of humor. So the same thing is in my show, I can look at somebody and in one second, know they're going to this thing. Wow. They're going to this thing. And that's who I'm going to pick out of a thousand people. But other times we throw Frisbees out in the audience and anyone can catch it. So, you know, it's not set up. Right. Right. If somebody watches the YouTube, they're going to be like, oh, he must have told you what to think or something. No matter what I say, people think it's set up. If you see me on stage with a thousand people, Mm. yo, you throw Frisbee one, two, three people. There is no way that could happen. They stand up. I guess your ATM pin code. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's legit, man. Like if you watch the ESPN stuff from last year, I hacked DK Metcalf's phone, dude. He grabbed his phone so fast. Oh my gosh. He goes, give me my damn phone back. Like <laughs> it was, you know it's not set up. So I could do it with anybody. Certain people are easier than others. Yeah. See, I'm a bit of a skeptic too. So I'm like, the biggest skeptic, Charlie. <laughs> well, so you, That's uh, why I became a mentalist. I was like, this ain't, this is not real. I got to figure out how they're doing this. Yeah. You use a lot of analogies about like stand-up comedy. and uh, My favorite I, thing to watch. And me too. And I've done a lot of uh, work with comedians where and I noticed that what they put out in a smaller room show is them testing material for those big stadium audiences. Fully. Is what you do similar? Like are you like if the three of us are doing this, are you more willing to try out some like new material on us? You're not just going to like walk into a 10,000-person arena and just try something and see if it works. True. Okay. Yeah. If I'm getting paid and there's that many people in there, you don't want to bomb. So uh, in that sense, yeah, um, it's exactly like a stand-up comedian because the difference between magic and mentalism and why if you were to look it up, there's so many fewer mentalists mm. is because there's this steep learning curve where it drops off. So with magic, you can practice magic by yourself. So I could sit in a mirror and I can watch myself do a move, a sleight of hand move over and over and over and I can perfect it. Right, and now right. when I do it for an audience, listen, it might go wrong a little, but you still know that you can do it mentalism is all about like, there's a trick I do where I guess a number straight up. Just think of a number one to hundred. It's kind of one of my signatures. I've done it more times than any other trick I do. I just get, I just thought I've done it, it probably 50,000 times and I've done it so many times that I can just analyze how it works. It's one of the hardest tricks I do. Wow. Seriously. So what I'm saying is that went wrong for years before it went right. And most people don't have thick enough skin. where like, imagine bombing like comedians. You tell a joke, only way you know if it's funny is if the audience laughs. You could think it's funny. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If it bombs in a show, you got to keep polishing the stone. Get it better. Get it better. And suddenly you find a hook and a tag and suddenly, bam, it's hilarious. So it, it's exactly that. Like I've seen Chris Rock at the Comedy Cellar just working material with a notepad where he says a joke, bombs, bombs, <laughs> bombs. But then he, he starts and then you come back a week later. Tweak it a little bit. I love Cellars my, like where I go in New yeah. York City in the Village. And yeah, exactly. A month later, that thing brings down the house. Wow. So with mentalism, it's the same thing. The tricks need to be get, get perfected over time. Um, or, you know, sink or swim, man. I, most of the stuff I do on TV, you're seeing I'm doing it for the first time. Right? Wow. Because I always challenge myself to do new stuff. Yeah. Always. Like I, that that's what's gotten me kind of the, the momentum and longevity. I've been on a 
lot of TV because I always do new things. I kind of push the envelope. I don't just do the same thing over and over. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of TV, you got on ESPN. You even did a trick for LeBron James. Yeah. What did you do for him? So it's, I didn't do something for LeBron. I wish, man. Hopefully in two days I'll see LeBron at the ESPYs. <laughs> but I did a trick where somebody uh, on SportsCenter thought of LeBron James. And one of my signature tricks, I have somebody think of someone famous, and I cut out a picture of them. Like a, a silhouette. No I cut out a silhouette. If you want to see, like, you go on Google, watch AGT. It was one, one of the first things I did. And so I cut out a silhouette. So on SportsCenter that day, I cut out LeBron. And I'm going to make this short story, but um, I was on ESPN on a show called Mike and Mike. Yep. It's Mike and Trey. It's classic. Great show. Classic. Dude, great show. And it was at 7 in the morning in Bristol, Connecticut. For those that don't know, ESPN shoots in Manhattan. But they also have like a major headquarters two hours from New York City. Mm. And I drove up there. I got driven up there the night before. And there was a snowpocalypse, they called it. <laughs> All the roads, the governor of Connecticut closed the roads. Wow. Legit state order, right. executive order. So you couldn't leave. So all their guests that were supposed to come for the morning and afternoon segments, mine was so early that they drove me up the night before. Right. So, dude, I do Mike and Mike. Jay Williams walks off set. It's so funny, man. Hmm. If you could find this on YouTube, you could waste a lot of time watching <laughs> these segments. So I get off and I go back to the hotel and I'm hanging out. We can't go anywhere. Right. And uh, I get a call and they're like, yo, do you want to be on another show? It was Sports Center. And I'm like, uh, when? No. They're like in 27 minutes. <laughs> and dude, I'm at the Holiday Inn and I'm like in a suit and I'm like, oh, I got to go upstairs. Always bring an extra shirt. Lesson learned. Smart. If you're going to be on TV, always bring an extra shirt, extra set of pants. If you're wearing tie like I do, I brought three extra ties. Yep. So I go back to the studio. I literally run upstairs and try to figure out what am I going to do? Uh, I'm about to be, about to be on Sports Center. So here's what happened that day. I got on four more shows because every one of them, I killed it. So they're like, do another one, do another one, do another one. I was on SportsCenter every hour mm. for 24 hours. So LeBron James, he either tweeted or went on YouTube and left a comment. I got to remember, I think it was on YouTube a comment. He goes, dude, who's this guy? It was Perlman because I cut out him and everyone tagged him in it. Yeah. He goes, who the hell is this guy? It was Perlman. He's on SportsCenter more than I am today because <laughs> I was on every hour on ESPN all day yeah, for 24 hour yeah. cycle. Wow. Dude, sometimes it's better to be lucky. And always say yes, man. Always say yes. They're like, can you do another one? Yes, I can. Yep. Hell yes, I can. And dude, that that just boosted me like crazy. It was, it was luck. Wow. It was crazy. So you believe in luck? I think you make your own luck. Because that day, yes, was I lucky that it was a snowpocalypse and nobody got in. But when they called me and said, can you do another segment? Can you do another segment? Dude, I work well under pressure. Every segment, I did right. something new. If you watch those, I was on, I made like probably 40 minutes of TV that day. Yeah. No repeats. Everything I did was new and wow. different. Wow. That's impressive. Do you think it's e like, is it harder for you to accomplish? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if accomplish is the right word. Is it harder for you to do what you're doing through a screen? I.e. like with social media nowadays, do you think you could pull off some of the amazing things you can do talking to somebody like who's watching you on TikTok or Instagram or something like that? You got to tailor stuff to the medium. So I think you got to adjust, man. If you're if you're like, you know, TV's dead, like mm -hmm. in certain ways, when I make stuff for TV, I make it with the thought of how are we gonna clip this down for social so it gets the mm. furthest reach. Smart. Because if you distill what I do, like what, what do I do, right? If you think, what do you guys do, right? You're giving somebody a certain type of content that's gonna add value in their life or is it creating humor or entertainment? I create memorable moments of amazement. Right. And it needs to be genuine, authentic reactions because otherwise if I'm watching myself, I'm like, this is fake. Like, <laughs> and everything nowadays people say is this fake and I don't even mind if people think some things are fake because that's engagement that right, drives right. you. If you're in the conversation, but if you make it authentic, like especially when you do stuff with celebrities mm -hmm. or sports stars or people that like you've been in people's ears, you you know, they watch you, they're loyal, they know who you are. So 
you get that feeling or just somebody random on the street, you create these moments where you can sense, mm. you have this sense in your body of that had to be real, man. You see the reaction, you see the pauses, you see those moments. When people are acting, you can tell. Yep. You can feel when something's fake. Wow. Don't you don't you know what I mean? Like, can't yeah. you see on certain I've videos? I've gotten better, yeah. I think most people can, and even if they can't. So uh, to answer your question, I'm always thinking, how will this be consumed? And so I make stuff that gets right to the point. Right? Yeah. Have you ever had a mentalist battle where you went up against another mentalist? And you I'm all about that, man. Let's other. go eight miles straight up. I, I love that idea. <laughs> that uh, sounds fun, right? Yeah. That's a great TV pitch, man. I would love to go <laughs> a magic off. Uh, yeah. I've done a mentalist off in high school. There was a kid, um, this guy named Ryan Hertz. I love this guy who was a magician when I just started. Mm -hmm. And this guy was, when you're a magician, other magicians, unless they know you're a magician, don't want to teach you a trick. Right. Like if Charlie's like, all right, that was sick. Show me how you did it. I'm like, I'm not showing you, man. But <laughs> yeah. if he if he has the cred where I can feel that he's super interested, he's read books and he's actually getting into it, then I'm going to start showing you how stuff works. Because mm. how did I learn, right? Other people showed me. So this guy didn't know if I was, if I had like genuine, like uh, what were my intentions? Right, right. And so after about a year of me bothering him like crazy, being like, dude, show me how you did that. Show me how you did that. Please teach me. He got the gist that I was legit into this. And he was just getting out of this stuff. And we had a party. This is like a high school party, sophomore year, where um, we had a magic off straight up. Like he did a trick <laughs> and it was like, can you top that? And I did a trick and That's he did sick. a trick and it ended up with him going out in the, in the front yard and floating like a David Blaine style Whoa. float. Back in the day, you, you're probably too young for this, but David Blaine's first street special, mm -hmm. he floated. On water, dude, right? Dude, it wasn't on water. It was just on the street uh. and people went crazy. <laughs> and that blew him up, man. This is the original like street magic mm -hmm. special. And once he did that, everyone tried to learn ways to do that. How can you do that? And this guy did it. And it was just bonkers. Like I, I had to tip my hat. I'm like, dude, I'm not beating this. Like no card <laughs> trick of mine is going to yeah. beat you floating in the middle <laughs> of the street, man. It was, it was so shout out to Ryan Hertz, dude. So I that was say. the one magic off I think I've had recently. And that was 25 years ago. That's sick. Have you done anything with David Blaine? I have done shows where David Blaine and I were both performing. One time at Lance Armstrong's house. Um, and I've met David Blaine at some of his specials and stuff, but man, that is, uh, that guy's goaded for me. Icon yeah. legend status. I wanted to see him in Vegas, but every time I'm doing a show in Vegas and he's doing a show, we're both working at the same time. Yeah. The curse of, uh, both being in the same performance. We're like, he's doing a show at 9 PM. So am I. <laughs> what do you call what you do? I mean, I don't want to use the wrong word tricks. Uh, I don't care at all. I'm not like precious. I would call them tricks. Okay. They're routines, whatever. But at the end of the day, it is a trick. Right. But my goal is not to trick you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't sure. want you to think like I'm smarter than you. What I'm doing, you both ability could do. and ability. No, but you literally both could do this, but you'd have to dedicate your life to it for probably years. Like wow. I've never seen anyone who could do it within like a month. You might be able to do something simple, but it's everything I do comes down to one of two things. One is if you see it, you go, that's insane. If I told you how I did it, you'd be like, there's no way you just did that on live TV with millions of people watching. What if it went wrong? And I'm like, dude, that's the rush. That's the, yeah. that's the adrenaline or two. It's so simple that you go, that's ridiculous. Right. It's very rarely in the middle. It's either so hard or so easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a trick, but my goal is not to trick you. I'm not trying to show you I'm smarter than you. I'm trying to just give you an authentic moment of being like, wow. Cause how often do you get that nowadays? Right. So since you're able to read people's mind, has that affected your personal life, dating, friendships? So I can't really read your mind. It's, 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 it sounds like that. But what I'm reading is other things you give off. Okay. Right? You're, you're communicating in other ways that you don't realize. But it's not like, you know, it ain't, it's not like uh, in X-Men, you know, <laughs> Professor X. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not, I can't get inside your head like that. 
you're communicating things you don't realize. And I'm also pushing you in certain ways. Mm. You, I'm the director in my show. I'm kind of pointing the camera in the direction I want for you to do what I want. Got it. It's a switch you flip. So day to day, am I doing the same thing? No. It's kind of like a poker player when they're there and they're playing poker. Their skills are very refined for that exact skill. Right. They're not at the grocery store being like, does this guy think I'm a jerk? Oh my God, they just looked at my butt. Like it's not, <laughs> it ain't Jason Bourne. Okay. So it doesn't affect my personal life. I try to use it as an advantage in certain things. Like if I'm negotiating a real estate deal, I'm using my skills a bit. Right, <laughs> right. Sure. I'm trying to get the best price I can. Yeah. Um, so it's helped you in business. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a useful skill. It's also very helpful. I can, I can get a good sense of whether people are lying. Mm. So that's Ooh. always helpful in life. So how can you tell if someone's lying? So there's certain tells for certain people, but again, it's all based on a benchmark. Right. So like, if I just told you there's a certain moment where you can tell when most people aren't listening to you, mm -hmm. right? When their eyes glaze over, when they look, when their mouth is about to open, when you're speaking, that's them thinking of what they're going to say, mm. right? Or you can see their eyes, which is very basic level NLP stuff. You can learn from one book, like Cliff's Notes, watch a YouTube video, but not everybody lies the same way. Mm -hmm. So for you to know how someone is lying, you need to observe them for a longer amount because what works for one person might be different. It's kind of like blood doping. Mm. You know how they do a blood passport? They check your blood against your own blood. Right. Because some people have higher testosterone levels naturally. Wow. You know what I mean? That's why they do like a blood. They check you versus yourself. Yeah. And that's how they know if you've been doping. So the same example works for me. If I have somebody in my show and I get them up and I start talking to them, it's like a polygraph. I ask them questions that I know they're telling the truth on. I'm like, tell me where are we at right now? And they go Vegas. And I can see and I go, name somebody you've never talked to and then say, I'm a huge fan of theirs. Even if you hate them. And I see what they look like when they lie and mm. I can kind of see the difference. So now if I do a trick where I go, put a coin behind your back, hold it in both hands. Mm -hmm. Something I like to do. And I say, say it's in this hand. And say it's in this hand. I know they're lying on one. I go, boom, I know 100% of you lied. And they're like, because I can tell the difference. Right. Wow. You see, so I can see the way their face moves, but I need to know a truth and a lie first. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Got to build that benchmark. Yeah. You got it. You have to see a comparison. Do you think you'd be able to beat a polygraph lie detector test? I think so. Really? I haven't done it. Well, I actually have. I was on a TV show for it back in the day, <laughs> never aired called Moment of Truth mm -hmm. um, on Fox, which is like crazy, but I. I, you'd have to have, you'd have to have a polygraph to practice with, but right. I do think I could. I also just don't measures, think the science is unequivical on those. It I just think, measures your heart rate, right? And if it goes up. I think it measures a lot of things that if you practice on them, you can control or you can fake. Right. Right. You can spike your blood pressure. You can have like auto hypnosis things you tell yourself to mimic a lie. Mm. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday, seeing if we could fool it. Yeah, we should get a polygraph. You should get one in here, man. I'm down. I'm down. We would have somebody storm off as soon as we got an answer. They would lock you in and they're like, do you actually like Charlie? And you're like, yes. And they're like, woo, woo, woo. And it's like, truth is out, man. Truth is out. Have you ever left somebody worse off, in your opinion, than when you started doing whatever you do with them? I don't think so because anything that I'm about to reveal that's uncomfortable, like I don't go there. Um, even though I've had stuff where I figured out something that's a little bit risque, <laughs> like, but that's always something people put out there. Like if somebody's cheating on their husband or wife and stuff like that, where it's not psychic, but they're like, they challenge me. They go, yo, I'm thinking of something you'll never guess. And I'm like, I know what you're thinking and I'm not going to tell them. I'll sometimes <laughs> write it and show them on a piece of paper and be like, if you don't want them to know, because in my show, I guess things like ATM pin codes or security phone codes, right. but I'll always say, are you comfortable with me revealing this? Right. And, and if not, I'll show them. And I did this on CNBC earlier this year on Squawk Box, where I, I guessed 
the, the host ATM pin code. And dude, she is the most skeptical. It's really worth watching. If you go on my social at O's the Mentalist from earlier in the year, I guess her pin code, she lost her mind. She wow. was like, we need you out of the studio. I'm changing it right now. And I only showed it to her because wow. again, I'm not trying to burn bridges. People don't want that stuff, but I won't leave you worse off. My sure. show is all about having fun leaving talking about what you experienced and never feeling sad yeah sometimes people cry because if you they thought of someone that's passed away or someone close to them in their life but i'm gonna come give them a hug and i'm gonna let them know like i feel you know i, I can feel that they're happy and sad together because they're being reminded of somebody they care about yeah. i also saw online you could predict financial market downturns i don't know about that man <laughs> <laughs> my portfolio would say otherwise at times but uh i'm guessing so like when i try to predict super bowls Final four, I've had some good luck. It's it's like a sports handicapper. I'm friends with a lot of sports gamblers. I love picking their brains, but I'm not psychic. I am not, I do not pretend to know the future. I'm not talking to dead people. I have skills that you could acquire if you were willing to work on them. It is not something that I would say is supernatural or right. God given. It's it's a talent that I've honed. Yeah. Would you say your abilities are kind of spiritual? Like you're able to read energies? I don't know if I would call it that. I don't know. I've gotten I've done things I can't explain, mm -hmm. but again, I would never attribute those to psychic powers or like spiritual or from like a sixth sense or when I've done things like that, I think that it's the same way athletes have pushed themselves to a level they couldn't explain. Like I've had ultra marathons where I'm literally throwing up for eight hours straight where I've heat stroke and I come back from the dead, man. And wow. it's like, I don't know how, but you can dig deep. It's like we were talking about David Goggins, uh, who I love that guy, known him for years. He's got a rule that's like when you feel like you've given it all, you've only given 40%. Mm. There's so much deeper. You could like, you know, like those Navy SEALs who hell week, they don't sleep for five days. They dig and you find out who you are in your soul. I've done stuff where I can't explain it, but I think it's all those years of reps and 10 years, 20 years of doing this. My intuition kicks in mm. and I just know something and I go, I don't know how I did that. I don't even know how I did that because it wasn't my normal thing. <laughs> and I do not know how you just thought of that. And I'm going to try to backtrack and figure it out, but I can't explain it. Wow. But I don't think it's psychic. It's just sometimes you got to trust your instinct. Interesting. I like, I love it. I love it. So is there like, is there a Mount Everest for something you want to pull off? Like, is there uh, a trick, uh, a, a, whatever you want to call yeah, it? Yeah. Like that you're working towards that when you pull it off, that's going to go on your Mount Rushmore of things you've done. I don't know if there's a specific trick, but there's an achievement, which is something. Um, so in this country, there's no, you think of like, we're in Vegas. There's Chris Angel. There's David Blaine. There's David Copperfield. These are names. Like yeah. every Penn and Teller. Mm -hmm. Legend status. Where each of them has carved out like a niche of what they are and what they do. And I feel like in this country, if you say to somebody a mentalist, a lot of people don't know what that is. Yeah. Which is wild. Because I guess it, it's, it, you know, hasn't blown up in that way. Like, I think people know what skateboarders are. Like, you wouldn't have known what X Games people were but 20 years ago, but it blew up. Right. So I think there's a place, like a placeholder where to become the most known mentalist where you're known for this, where I can get inside people's heads. I know what you're thinking before you're even thinking at times. I can control your thoughts. I would love to elevate the craft to a level where everybody knows where it is. And if I can be that person who, when you hear that word mentalist, you go, it's O's. Like that's the guy. So I'm working towards that end. And that just involves kind of up in the ante each time doing crazier things. Like you're going to see, Every time I do it, I try to push the envelope. Like yeah. at the ESPYs. I'm going to be on, I don't know when this goes out, but July 13th, you'll see me on. Um, uh, July 12th, my bad, I forgot the day. <laughs> I can read other minds. I don't know my own. I think it's July 12th in two days. But uh, 
I'm trying to do stuff that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Just kind of always step it up. That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like David Blaine's a beast at that. Like he'll I mean, always do like something crazy. Putting like needles through his arms, holding yeah. his breath for 10 minutes. He, when he did the, he was up in the air, the balloon one, I was like, I was nervous. Yeah. Yep. But he pulled it off. Well, he's taking that level of, is it magic or is it real? Where you start questioning, like, you know, this guy an alien. Like, is this, <laughs> is this a trick? Because with him, a lot of it's not a trick. There's, you think, but when he's putting a needle through his hand, that's real. These are real. That's not a fake needle. That's, you know, sewing his lips. Like, that stuff is really being done. Jeez. And he just pushed his mind and body to the limits. Yeah, he and made I, Joe I, Rogan, I admire it. Joe Rogan pushed a needle all the way through his arm. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm watching. I'm cringing because I'm not. You show me a video. I have a friend who's a plastic surgeon. Yeah. And he always wants to show me. He's like, look at this. I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm, like, oh like, I'm the guy who gets squeamish. I, I'm not watching that. Uh, the bone sticking out of a leg. I'm, I'm about to faint. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so what are you working on next? You doing another ultra marathon? You know what? So last year I had a couple big stunts. I ran around Central Park in New York mm-hmm. City. It's a 6.1 mile loop. Mm. And there's a record. It's like a world record of how many times you could do it in one day. Okay. And I broke that record. It was front page of the New York Times. And I raised, uh, I did 116 miles in Jesus. about 18 hours wow. at the time in the park. So I just kept going around nonstop, nonstop. And I did it for, this is right when the war in the Ukraine started. Yep. So it's fresh in everyone's mind. I wanted to help out. And uh, we ended up raising $1,000 per mile, 116 grand. Wow. And that, wow. that just blew up. And then it was so fun. And it was such a fun like team experience. I was the only one running, but people joined me that I ran from Montauk to Manhattan, uh, which is in Long Island. I ran Long Island in 21 hours, hottest day of the summer. So I think what I might be doing soon is I might run around a track as many times as I can. I want to run 100 miles as fast as I can, 401 loops around a track. Wow. Uh, I'm probably going to do it on a hot day. I don't know. I like to suffer. And then I'm just coming <laughs> up with my next stunt. You're insane, uh, man. But, but I got a lot going on family front. I'm having my fourth kid in a, in a month. So Congrats. thank you. So it's busy in the household. Busy yeah. work, busy family. So I don't know. I can't run too much. <laughs> Running away from my problems. Yeah, man, that's insane. 100 miles. Do we have time in here? Can we try something fun? Yeah, in let's the room? do it. You know what? Let's do this. We're in Vegas. And so I asked you before I got here, full transparency, said find a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. You guys ran around. They're like, we got. is there a deck of cards somewhere in here? Yeah. And you, you have like a box. I got it. You have, can we right check here. these out? Yeah. Okay. Now, we didn't even check. Is this a full deck? Full deck. Okay. I get accused, Charlie, of not playing with a full deck really? in many ways. Me too, uh, but yeah. in mental ways. Seriously. <laughs> so here's the difference. If I take these cards, and I told you, I love magic. I love magic tricks. And I were to tell you to pick one, mm-hmm. physically take one out of the deck out, and you put it back and I find it. First off, that can be amazing, but it's expected. Do you understand? You know yes. what the ending's going to be. Yeah. And it also, you're going to think, well, he's doing something with his hands. So if instead, okay, and it's going to be like deja vu, you were to look through the deck and decide on one card that's, I'm going to call it air quotes, your favorite card of the day, and that you've not physically touched, that you are imagining, I want you to close your eyes, mm-hmm. close your eyes, and you know the cards in the deck, they're red and black. Yeah. Hearts, diamonds, clubs, and spades, and they go from ace all the way to king. And I want you behind your eyes to see your favorite card of the day right there. Can you visualize it right now? Yeah. Can you visualize? Okay, open your eyes. Watch. Red, black. You don't have to say anything. I want you to see that card that you saw. Red, black. Hearts, diamonds, club spades. And you saw that card and you're visualizing. Like I said, deja vu. You've seen this over and over in your head. Mm-hmm. Ace, two, three, four, five, six. Look at his hands. getting nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten, jack, queen, king. Ace, two, three, four, five, seven, ten, jack, queen, king. There is no way he could know what this card is, could he? No. 
and, and swear to God, before you walked in this room, you had no idea what you were going to do, what this card was going to be, any of this, before you walked in here, did you? Yeah, no idea. All right, hold your hand up like you're holding that card right there in your hand, your favorite of the day, and close your eyes. Don't open them until I tell you. Okay. See, I watched his reactions as he went. I watched when I said red or black. Hearts, diamonds, clubs, spades. Please don't open your eyes. I'm going to move the mic for just a second. Sean, don't open them so no one thinks you're looking. Keep them closed tight. You're imagining a color. I'm going to make the card appear. Not really magical. I'll put it in there. Keep okay. your eyes closed, Sean. Keep your eyes closed. And don't open them yet. That card that was in your head. Tell us. Was it, it? Don't tell me the whole card. Was it red or black? It was red. Was it a heart or a diamond? Diamond. Which one? Ten. Take a look. What? The ten of diamonds. Yo. <laughs> That's crazy. I was watching him the whole time too. I'm like, I'm just like, and he's watching you. Wow. Wow. That's nuts. Was it the hands? You know, it was not the hands. What was when it? I say that, that's exactly what misdirection is. Sure. Misdirection is when you say it, people start focusing on the thing you said. Right. Right? It's like it's like Talladega Nights. You remember? It's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Do you remember that? I don't know if you know that Will Ferrell reference. But so when you point something out, people always notice it. Think of a pickpocket. Always tell somebody, oh my God, where's your wallet? And you do that when they touch. Now you know where their wallet is. Sure. Okay, that's a mm. number one rule of pickpocketing is on stage if you see a pickpocket. Interesting. When they make you think about it, you instinctively touch it right. to check yep. if it's there. And yep. that's after that moment is when they take it. Yeah. You know what? Let me ask you a question. Do you remember the name of your third grade teacher? Third grade teacher. Third grade. Yes. See, he wasn't sure. But when you're in third grade, most people are around eight or nine years. Or I guess more like nine or yeah, eight or nine years old. And so what's fascinating is some people do, some people don't. I don't like guessing teachers or things that are available online because you're a young guy. Facebook was around right around then. Like you told me you're from New Jersey. Anyone watching this is like, dude, he must have Googled you, you know, right. big fan base. I like to do things that nobody's thought of before. If you were to go back in time and I, I sometimes tell you, think of their ATM pin code, but that's kind of invasive because I'm, I'm going to steal all your money. Or <laughs> if I say, think of the first boy or girl you ever kissed. That's a good question. That's like one that you're like, how would you know that? But the other person kissed you. So two people know that. So technically it's, it's impressive, but there's still one other person. Mm -hmm. Go back in time and I want you to try to picture the face of the first big crush you had. Okay. Look at that. Got a little excited. That was, he's like, go back. Uh, I want you to count. Have you ever posted about this? Have you, do you can you think to yourself, have you ever mentioned it on the show? Or did this ever come up where you're like, oh my God, this girl I had a crush on her? No way. No way. No way. Would he know it? Nah, fourth grade. You, fourth grade. All right, I said third. That's funny. <laughs> uh, have you ever said this to somebody here? Like, I don't know. Have you communicated this recently? You, you post this on Facebook. You write down a piece of paper. Nothing. Hard no. stop. Before today, and me asking you to think of this girl, fourth grade, when was the last time you'd even thought of this? Days, months, or years ago before today? I would say years. Years before this even got in his head. Mm -hmm. All right. Count the letters without using your fingers, but count the letters in her first name just to yourself. Okay. Interesting. So watch. It was long, but it wasn't too long, mm -hmm. right? If that name's like Michelle, Alexandra, it's a struggle. It's a struggle in the moment. You're like, oh God, I mean, that was a medium-sized name. If it's, if it's three letters, you don't count. You can't right. fake me out. He would have known. Three or four letter names you know. So I'm watching him. And I know just by how long it took him, it's five, six, seven letters. Guaranteed. Watch him. Five, six, six letters, isn't it? Look at that head nod. 100% six letters. All right. I'm going to write down. Can I bring a pad of paper? I brought something to write with. I got something. Okay. 
mix up the letters. Mix them up like you're just drawer jumble in her first name. Stop, grab a letter somewhere in the name and just focus on just that letter. You got a letter in your head? Yeah. See, people always try to avoid the vowels. Not always, but they think the vowels are too obvious. Did you do a vowel? No. Didn't because they know there's a vowel there's in the name. They know R. You thought of an R, didn't you? You did, right? Yeah. Rolled his tongue. It's R. It's not Rachel. Most common name. I think this is kind of, it was a little bit of a common name. Tell us all. Fourth grade, you see what I wrote, yep. right, Charlie? You see I this? I see it. Because some people, I've already written this. Say it. What's your name? Lauren. Lauren. No. Lauren. Oh my gosh. Lauren. Yo, what? That's I'm about crazy. to walk out of our own show. What is going on here? That's insane. No one knows her. And you know the craziest thing is whenever I tell somebody, think of a card, like I told them, think of a card or think of a color or think of anything that's got like a finite amount, mm-hmm. is people always, their minds race. They race around. And you ask me, what do I do? I'm good at getting you to focus on the right thing at the right time. Because you, when you were doing 10 of diamonds, you looked and thought of other cards before, but you're like, nah, not this one, not this one, right? You change your mind a bunch of times. That's natural. Mm -hmm. That's human instinct, right? Marketers know that. On podcasts, you know when you do ads, they say you have to listen to an ad 21 times before you buy the product. Like, you never buy MeUndies the first time. Is that a shout out? Get them to be a sponsor. (laughs) But like, I must've heard that ad a million times before I bought MeUndies. So when you thought of Lauren, you thought of another person, right? I got you to think of somebody else that you're like, I thought of Lauren, but there was somebody else in my mind too. Somebody else that I don't think you've thought of in even longer. Am I right? Yeah. Another girl, not a crush. Did you have a crush on this girl or no? No. Just like, what was the connection? Because you thought of Lauren, you thought of somebody else. She had a weird name. Why did she pop in your head? Is there like a reason for it or you don't even know? We were on the bus uh, or we were classmates. We were classmates, yeah. And do you keep in touch with this girl? No. Do you even know why this person's name popped in your brain or like... I kind of do, yeah. Kinda, it's, okay, uh, there it is. Hold on. Does she live in Las Vegas? No. Imagine she showed up here. You'd be like, yo, I cannot believe you're here. And you say the name over and over in your head. It just keeps repeating and repeating. First syllable, second syllable, third syllable, fourth syllable. It was two syllables. Okay, hold on, hold on. Keep thinking of it. Keep thinking of it. First letter is a hard sound. Hard consonant. Hard consonant. Watch, watch him. T or a D. Don't say it. Don't say. Duria. Is her name Duria? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is ha- what is happening right now? That's insane. That is like D U R or D E R or something like D-E-R, that. Y A. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's not even a name. That's, I don't Daria. even know what just happened, Charlie. Yes, you do, but like, what? That's not even a name. Daria. Yeah, that's insane. That's Can why you do I picked the card it. thing with me? I gotta leave you wanting more, baby. For right. next time. All right. For Good. next time. For part two. That's for it. Part two. Part two. You got to leave people wanting more. That's the, when Charlie goes, is it, what about me? What about me? That's when I leave you. That's how I come back. I feel like I got to get him back. I gotta we'll get a part again. two. You got me, you got me hooked in. I, that's oh, it, man. man. Sell the sizzle. Not the, I, the first hit is always free. You know what I mean? Yeah, there were three hits for free just <laughs> now, apparently. I picked the hardest name. I mean, Duria, that's even, that's, <laughs> a, that's really a name? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I mean. I thought that was a fruit, bro. <laughs> like. Darian. I'm thinking of like Daria, the show from the 90s. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah good call. Good oh, what are you working on next, man? Where can people find out more about you? Uh, you know, I'm always dropping clips on social. That's the best place to find me. It looks like Oz. So everybody who sees this and is like, it's Oz, blame my parents, Israeli name. So it's O's, but it's O-Z, The Mentalist. I post everything on like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm doing the ESPYs. I'm doing a ton of stuff for ESPN. They've been really good to me. Last season, I did stuff with um, a bunch of the teams. I go to the training camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for NFL teams. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to tease it here, but you're going to see me with a bunch of teams, also potentially some college teams. Uh, and I just, I love doing stuff with athletes. Yeah. It's, I mean, I love stuff with everybody, but athletes are just, I almost feel like they're kids at heart and they really just, 
wear their hearts on the sleeve and like they just let it go. And a lot of them are tough. You got to like get to this point where where you you get just past this barrier of them being like kind of tough because you know you're on the field whether you're basketball or field, you got to stay tough. But when they drop their guard, yeah, dude, they just let it out like kids. They go crazy because they're that. like how and their whole job. It's like I told you, is getting inside people's heads. Right. The mental edge. What defines how you become a professional? It's mental, man. It's physical, but for every hundred people that don't make it, ninety nine had that mental edge. And so right. I love being around people that have that mental fortitude mm. and it's a challenge for me too so yeah a bunch it. of stuff for espn uh and just co- constantly working on new things um yeah those are the ways to see me love it, I man. tour around the country watch me on tv thanks for having me i'll be watching man thanks for coming on thanks for watching guys i'll see you next time